Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with Privacy Mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is! Drawing board or... Miro! Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The road to 272 bets starts now. For those of you who haven't listened to the podcast the past two years, I bet on every single NFL game, 272 games, 272 bets. Every game is either a spread bet, a total bet, or a money line underdog bet. No money line favorites with the road to 272 bets. Profitable two years straight. The first two years I've done this, I've been profitable in 2020. Uh, as the road to 256, I think, because there were fewer games. Uh, I went 130, 119, and 7 for plus 5.79 units. Last year, I went 151, 120, and 1 for plus 25.47 units. So, through betting on every single game in the NFL in two straight seasons, my total record is 281 wins, 239 losses, and 8 pushes for a win rate of 54.05% and up just over 30 units. So the goal, once again, is to be profitable. Whether I'm up 1 unit at the end of the season or up 30 units at the end of the season, as long as I'm in the black when the season is over, to me, that is a success Quick disclosure, and I say this before every single year that I do this, I'm not a professional better. I do this for fun. I do handicap the games, though I do my best to make the best picks possible. Um, but true handicappers bet on the line. I am handicapping the teams. Uh, and also true handicappers probably aren't going to. True professional bettors probably aren't going to bet on all 272 games, but it's fun, goddammit. I have all 16 bets locked in for week one of the NFL season. Uh, it's going to be hard to top week one last year when I went 13-3. and three. Don't think I'm going to be able to top that, but let's aim for profit. As always, if you haven't listened to my NFL preseason show yet, be sure to check that out as well, where I give my thoughts and my best bet for all 32 NFL teams as well. That was released, I think, last week or the week before. Um, but I don't really have anything else to say here. Let's jump right into it. Like I said, I got all 16 picks locked in. So here we go. For the third straight year, 
the road to 272 bets starts now. No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. Here we go. Obviously, we're going to start with the opening night. The Buffalo Bills, Los Angeles Rams. What an opening night game this is going to be. I'm taking the Rams and the points plus two and a half. Somehow, and I mentioned this in my season preview show, the defending Super Bowl champs are kind of underrated heading into the season. They're like, they have the third shortest odds in the NFC. The Packers have better odds to win the NFC. The Buccaneers have better odds to win the, win the NFC. That seems confusing to me. I think the Rams are might be the most complete team in the NFL. They added some pieces in the offseason. Obviously, they lost a couple, too. They lost Vaughn Miller. They added Bobby Wagner. They lost uh, Robert Woods, but they added Allen Robinson. The Rams are going to be very good this year, but for some reason, they are underdogs at home in the opening night game. Now, my issue with the Bills is obviously they're going to they're be one of the top teams in the NFL. They're going to be Super Bowl contender. But I'm concerned about how tough their schedule is this year because they had one of the easiest schedules in the NFL last year. And they went 2-4 and four in the regular season against teams who would end up in the playoffs. 2-5 and five if you include the Colts. So I need to see the Bills succeed against the high-caliber teams in the NFL before I'm willing to back them as favorites against a team like the defending Super Bowl champions, the LA Rams. Not confident enough to take money line on this one. I'm going to take the two and a half points. I could see this coming down to a last-second field goal, and if that's the case, I would certainly uh, feel more comfortable with those two and a half points. Uh, and as long as the as long as Matt Stafford doesn't throw stupid interceptions, I know there was that issue about what is it, his elbow or his shoulder. Not too concerned unless unless I see that being an issue as the season goes on. I'm not not too concerned with it, especially early in the year. It might come up a little bit later in the year, but. I think the Rams. I, I think the Rams are a good bet here, unless Matt Stafford throws a bunch of stupid interceptions. Because I think is in what I think like four of their losses last year, he threw at least two interceptions. If he limits those interceptions, Rams win these games. Rams plus two and a half, minus one ten against the Bills on opening night. Now let's get into Sunday's games. I'll tell you right off the bat, a couple ugly ones to start the show. I'm taking the Jets and the Ravens. Going to take the Jets plus seven. The juice on that is minus 115. Um, but this is actually a good game to start with on Sunday because I do have a philosophy about betting on the first week of the NFL season. You better have a ton of confidence in a team if you're going to be laying a ton of points, specifically seven or more. Because even though the big name players on teams may still be there, there's a ton of turnover on these rosters. There's ton, there's coaching changes, there's personnel changes, there's game plan changes. Uh, players who were hurt last year are healthy now. These teams are very different year in and year out, while it may not seem that way. So I know your initial reaction looking at a game like this is, oh, Ravens are good, Jets are bad, Ravens are easy bet. It's not that easy. 
If it was that easy, then we would all be rich betting on sports. I will take the touchdown with the Jets. I have no interest in laying seven points with the Ravens, who really weren't a great team last year. Obviously, they're riddled with injuries, but I need to see them return to their form from a few years ago before I'm willing to lay seven points with them. This isn't college football. This is the NFL. These guys are professionals. It's not like week one of the college football season where you can still lay 30 points in some cases and still win your bet. This is... You gotta like a team a lot to lay a touchdown in week one. Also, I weirdly trust Joe Flacco more in this spot than I do Zach Wilson. His ceiling might not be as high, but week one, a veteran, knows how to deal and knows how to work in these situations. Won't succumb to the pressure of the opening of the opening game. Do the Jets win? Probably not. But seven points? It's a lot of points for a week one matchup. I'll take Jets plus seven. Minus 115 against the Ravens, which leads me to the next game, which is basically, I'll just say the exact same points. It's Texans-Colts. I'll take the Texans. I got them at 8.5 as of recording this on Sunday night when I locked these in. They were mostly 8s, but I did get 8.5. I believe it was at BetMGM, if I'm correct. So might want to shop around for this line if the lines are still, you know, the same at these books as we get into the week. Eight a lot of places, but there are eight and a halfs out there. I'll take Texans plus eight and a half. And it's the same thing I said about the Ravens-Jets that I'm going to say to this game as well. This is a new season. Laying over a touchdown worth of points is kind of an insane move to do in week one, even though the Colts are probably the better team and the Texans are the worst team. And this comes from a guy who's a Colts believer this year. This is coming from a guy who has a Colts Super Bowl ticket. But I'm not laying eight points, especially in a divisional rivalry. Well, I don't know about rivalry, but but a divisional matchup uh, in this case. And by the way, both the Ravens and the Colts, road teams too, laying more than a touchdown on road favorites. Kind of crazy in my opinion. I gotta see how these teams actually look this year before I can say I'm confident in them to lay this many points. So Texans plus 8.5, minus 110 for my second pick. Um, But there is one favorite, which I'm going to give out now, which I am willing to lay some points. Still underneath a touchdown just by a smidge. But it is the Bengals minus 6.5 against the Steelers, the minus 110 here. Bengals, and I've talked about this in the season preview show, they got significantly better in the offseason. Their biggest weakness was their offensive line last year. They They had the second highest QB sacked percentage last year while still averaging the most yards per pass attempt. So what they do, they went and signed Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, and Lael Collins. Now all of a sudden they have one of the, they have a bottom five offensive line to all of a sudden a top five offensive line. Bengals are going to be a dangerous offensive unit this year. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in Joe Burrow. They have arguably the best receiving core between T. Higgins um, and Jamar Chase. They have one of the better running backs in the NFL and Joe Mixon. And now you're adding on some significantly talented and skilled offensive linemen. They're going to be dangerous. And you, we also need to stop the assumption that the Steelers have a good defense. Because I st- still hear people say say that about them. Well, their offense is going to be questionable this year, but you can't discount that Steelers defense. It's not true. 24th in opponent yards per play last season. Dead last in yards, opponent yards per carry by a significant margin. Now, they do have arguably the best defensive player in the NFL in T.J. Watt, but there's 10 other starters on the defensive side of the ball. A defensive end uh, can't do it all himself. I think this is the worst team that Mike Tomlin has had to coach throughout his career. 
I think the Bengals are going to establish themselves as a top team in the AFC. And I think it's going to start in week one. So I'll go Bengals minus 6.5, minus 110 against the Steelers. Um, and another big favorite that I am on, just a smidge underneath the touchdown, is 49ers minus 6.5, minus 110 against the Bears. So I am kind of contradicting uh, what I said um, about not laying a touchdown. But to be fair, this is just under a touchdown. There are still some minus 6.5s out there. Um, I would probably still play this up to minus seven, though. I would certainly, minus seven and a half, I, I would start to question some things. But I got it at minus six and a half. I really like that number. 49ers ranked third in the NFL in sack percentage last year. There's no secret. One of the best pass rushes in the NFL. The Bears dead last in QB sacked percentage. Poor Justin Fields. I'm actually concerned about his health and well-being in this game. He is going to be let out to dry, and it is going to be ugly. He has no offensive line. He has no receivers to bail him out. He's going to be running for his life against his 49ers uh, pass rush. It's going to be tough. Now, I'm not a big believer in Trey Lance, to be honest. Uh, but the 49ers might actually be able to cover the spread if they score 14 points. <laughs> I don't know how the Bears are going to move the ball at all against this 49ers defense. Not to mention the Bears defense got worse this offseason. Their average last year got worse in the offseason by losing Khalil Mack. I lay the points with the 49ers, minus 6.5, minus 110 against the Bears. Moving on to the Eagles and the Lions. Eagles minus 4, minus 110. The Lions are experiencing like a hard knocks bump that you usually see with whatever team is on hard knocks that season. People watch it. They kind of get seduced by the filmmaking. All of a sudden they think the team that's on hard knocks is going to be a good team. That is not the case with the Lions. And then you have Dan Campbell, who is a leader of men. He's a lovable character. But is he a good football coach? I don't think so. People are going to point to their against-the-spread record last season as an indication of a team uh, that can make a big step forward this year. I don't agree with that because a lot of those times uh, that they covered the spread, the spread was big. And a lot of them were backdoor covers. They weren't really in those games. And that's going to prove in statistically fourth last and net yards per play last season at minus 0.75. Now they take on an Eagles team who had one of the best defenses in the NFL last year. Their pass rush was lacking at time, but they drafted Jordan Davis there in the first round out of Georgia. He's hopefully going to uh, boost their pass rush a little bit. They added uh, offensive weapon in A.J. Brown. This is simply a bet on Philadelphia because I'm high on, them, high on them this season. I am a low on the Lions, not buying into the Detroit hype. Eagles minus four, minus 110. Next up, we got my first Moneyline underdog pick of the week, and I have a few. First one is the Browns plus 115 against the Carolina Panthers. First of all, I got to say, do not bet on the Panthers because you think Baker Mayfield is going to be motivated to beat his former team. This is not a revenge spot. Those things don't matter when it comes to sports betting. Do not use motivation. Do not use revenge as a reason for you to wager your money on a team. It's just not a thing. There's not. He's already going to give his 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 best. He's in a starting. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. There's not. You can't get. You can't give 105 percent effort. No such thing. And I think both the Browns' win total and the odds for their opening game is a complete overreaction to the whole quarterback situation. Jacoby Brissett is a completely capable quarterback, especially 
if he has a run game to lean on, which the Browns certainly have, and especially if he has a defense that can bail him out at times, which the Browns certainly have. Browns tied the Colts last year for the most yards per carry in the NFL at 5.1. They also have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Only the Bills allowed fewer opponent yards per play last season than the Browns. Browns were 5th in net yards per play. Panthers were 21st. I see no reason why Carolina should be favored in this game based on the Browns' run game and their defense alone. Now, before I go any further, I'll explain net yards per play because you're going to hear me reference that this episode a lot and especially as the season goes on. It is my favorite stat to use when handicapping football. I think it gives a good indication of how good most teams are. Obviously, there's a lot more you got to look at, but it's kind of gives you a good overall view of how a team does. So all it is is the amount uh, or the average yards per play that a team gains on offense. Subtract the amount of yards given up per play uh, on defense. That figure that you get is net yards per play. Like I said, Browns fifth in net yards per play last season. Panthers were 21st, but yet somehow the Browns are underdogs. I'll take them plus 115 on the money line. Falcons against the Saints. My dear beloved Atlanta Falcons. I will be taking them plus five and a half, minus 110 in this one because there ain't no way I'm betting on the Aints to cover a five and a half point spread against my Falcons this year. I'm actually cautiously optimistic about my Falcons. They aren't going to make the playoffs, that's for sure, but I think they're going to be a little bit better than people think. They have, like, some positions on their team, they actually have some solid talent. Marcus Mariota looked pretty good in the preseason. They have talented ball catchers and Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Brian Edwards is a good number two receiver. They have one of the best corners in the league in A.J. Terrell, and now they have Casey Hayward to hold down the other side of the field. Like, they have some guys. Now, they have no pass rush at all. They have one of the worst interior offensive lines in the NFL. But with that being said, I think they have enough talent to at least hang with the Saints. I'm not going to lay five and a half points with the Saints on the road to in Atlanta. Now, if this spread was down at a field goal, then yeah, I might um, that I might consider the Saints. But five and a half points, uh, we'll see how Jameis Winston performs this season too. We'll see. I'll take Falcons plus five and a half minus one ten against the Saints. Patriots and Dolphins, my first total bet of the season. I'm going under 46.5 for the Patriots and Dolphins. All reports indicate that the Patriots offense is a complete disaster. And that's very believable. They have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as co-offensive coordinators. Two failed head coaches who are historically defensive guys are somehow going to be co-offensive coordinators. They have very little talented wideout. Mac Jones had some bad performances last season. I'm not completely sold on him yet. I think Bill Belichick is going to, if he's smart, and he is, he's the greatest coach of all time, I think he's going to play a very slow, defensive-oriented style of play, which is going to lend to an under. Because he knows he can't win a shootout with this roster. He just can't. He's got to play good defense. He's got to run the ball. Um, and with the Dolphins, I'm not going to sold on the Dolphins' offense either. Obviously, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, two very talented receivers. Uh, the run game is extremely concerning, though. One of the worst rushing attacks in the NFL last year. So I think it's going to be a slow-moving game. I'll take the under 46.5 between the Patriots and Dolphins. 
Then we have the worst game on the board in week one. The Jacksonville Jaguars against the newly named Washington Commanders. I have very little to say about this game. I've already spoke uh, on my season preview show about how I think the Commanders are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this season. Carson Wentz is going to be a disaster there. And for the Jaguars, I'm not totally convinced Trevor Lawrence is going to be a good NFL quarterback. So, this is one of my favorite rules. If it's two bad teams playing against each other, two bad teams that you don't really have a feel for, just take the team getting the points. I'll take the Jaguars plus three. I do believe in Doug Peterson. I kind of hope he gets, you know, the Doug Peterson Jacksonville era started off right. So Jaguars plus three against the Commanders minus 110, which brings me to my biggest underdog bet of the week. Underdog money line alert. Underdog money line alert. I am taking the New York Giants plus 205 against the Tennessee Titans. I finished off last season trashing the Titans. I made enemies with Titans fans last year, so why not pitches pick up right where I left off? But I don't think this Titans team is going to be good this year at all. They have A.J. Brown gone, so now their entire offense is literally Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and a rookie receiver. And this is a Derrick Henry who battled injuries all last season and who only averaged 4.3 yards per carry. So people still think he is the Derrick Henry. He was going like top five in fantasy drafts, which I think is insane. But when you look at yards per carry, the following names last season averaged more yards per carry than Derrick Henry. Names like Daryl Henderson. Names like Damian Harrison. Melvin Gordon. He also averaged the same amount of yards per carry as guys like Michael Carter, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, Devontae Freeman. Don't just bet on the Titans because you think Derrick Henry is going to steamroll the Giants in Week 1. The writing is on the wall about what his production is going to be like this season. I do not trust Derrick Henry. I do not trust the Tennessee Titans. And I kind of like Brian Dable. I kind of like what we saw from uh, his offense in the preseason. Obviously, that's you can't really put too much stock in the preseason, but even just like the plays. It looks like an actual 2022 NFL offense, not one that was, you know, not a playbook that was created in the 80s. This looked like a modern, exciting electric offense i think the giants beat the titans outright in week one giants plus two and a half against the titans now really quick we still got a few more games including sunday night monday night quick break i'll be right back save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger less than five miles away or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details all right, back to it. Cardinals, Chiefs, I'm going to take the Cardinals plus four and a half, minus 110 here. Same point I, I'm going to make about the Chiefs that I made in the season preview podcast. People forget how bad their defense was last year. When they think of the Chiefs, they just think of Patrick Mahomes. They think of him running around being one of the best quarterbacks and most exciting quarterbacks in the NFL. What they forget is that this is a defense that ranked 28th in opponent yards per play, 30th in opponent yards per carry, 
22nd in third down defense, 26th in opponent yards per pass attempt, and 31st in sack percentage, and they did nothing to improve that unit except for signing a streaky Carlos Dunlap. I am not believers in the Kansas City Chiefs this season. And also, we know the deal with the Cardinals. If history proves true again, we should be betting on them early in the season. I think Kyler Murray can have a field day against this Kansas City defense. He probably doesn't need to watch a lot of film in week one to have a big game against this shitty Kansas City defense. He can rely on instincts, as he calls it. Now, do the Cardinals win outright? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But I would set the Chiefs as three-point favorites, maybe two and a half. So I, I think we're getting some pretty good value here on Cardinals plus four and a half, minus 110 uh, in this uh, little interconference week one matchup. Then moving on, we got Vikings and the Packers, and I'll take Vikings on the money line, small underdogs at home, plus 110. I need to see who Aaron Rodgers is going to throw to before I bet on the Packers this season. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to make this Vikings team take the next step. Very excited to watch Justin Jefferson in this offense. We saw what Cooper Cup could do last year in this offense. Now we get to see Justin Jefferson in this offense. And also, I hear a lot of whispers of people saying the Packers are like a top five defense in the NFL. I don't think so. 10th in scoring defense last year, 13th in opponent yards per play. They struggled stopping the run last year. Uh, So I'm pretty high on the Vikings. I'm low on the Packers. So I'll back Minnesota as a slight underdog at home. Then we got the Chargers against the Raiders. This is my first over bet of the season. Going to go over 52. I think we see an absolute shootout in this game. Justin Herbert's going to sling it. Derek Carr is going to sling it. He's got a new weapon in Devontae Adams. Not only is that going to give him a new weapon, but that's also going to open up Hunter Renfro quite a bit. And I know trends and past results don't really matter much, but the overs 3-1 the last four times these teams have played against each other. It seems like there's a lot of points when these two teams meet. They both rank in the top 10 last year in yards per play. Um, and while I know the Chargers did add some pieces on defense, I still think a de- that their defense is a weakness for them. So let's just sit back and root for some points in this AFC West matchup. Then we got Sunday night football between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I'll lay the point and a half, minus one and a half against the Cowboys. I just have no faith in the Cowboys this season. Not only that, they lost Tyron Smith, their best offensive lineman. Um, and the Buccaneers have a significant defensive advantage in this game. The Cowboys defense kind of fooled everyone last year into thinking that they were good because they got a lot of turnovers. But their secondary is going to get burnt in this game. I will say, to be fair, I am concerned about the Buccaneers' interior of their offensive line. They lost Alex Kappa. The Tom Brady's kryptonite has proven over the years to be that if you can pressure him up the middle, you can beat him. So that is what I'm going to... That's the number one thing I'm going to be watching in this game and paying attention to is the Buccaneers' interior of their offensive line. If that is a big hole for them, I'm going to be betting against the Buccaneers moving forward. Um, but I need to see... Maybe they'll be all right. We'll see. But I just have no faith in the Cowboys. I have no faith in Mike McCarthy. Uh, the receiving core isn't as good as it was last year after losing Amari Cooper. I'll take Buccaneers minus one and a half on Sunday Night Football, which brings us to the final game of the NFL Week 1 slate, the Denver Broncos against the Seattle Seahawks. Gimme, once again, another underdog. Seahawks plus six and a half. Minus 110 against the Broncos. 
I need to see it before I believe it when it comes to Russell Wilson all of a sudden making the Broncos a top contender. I just don't know that he's going to be able to do something with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy that he couldn't do with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And also, one thing the Seahawks, even though they don't really have a good quarterback, one thing they should still be able to do is run the football. They were third in the NFL in yards per carry last season. Now they face a Broncos team that was 13th in opponent yards per carry. So I'm just going to back the Seahawks in the points here. I just think it's too many points. I would set this line at maybe uh, Broncos minus five. So I think we're getting a point and a half of value here. I just I'm not buying into the Russell Russell Wilson hype until until I until I see him compete at the level that a lot of people are expecting him to compete at. Uh, I'm not ready to lay a ton of points uh, with the Broncos, and I don't think the Seahawks are as bad as a lot of people think. A lot of people think they might be the worst team in the NFL this year. I don't think so. They're not going to be good, but I think they'll be all right. So there you go. Those were all 16 of my bets for Week One of the NFL season. I will recap them now. And then I will um, give you my five best bets. For those of you who don't want to tail all of them, I will give you my five best bets. I will say, though, um, over the past two seasons, I have looked at my record for my best bets and then compared them to my total record. My actual total record ends up being slightly better both years. So what I would recommend doing is take the five picks that you agree with the most and then back those. I think that's a better strategy than just asking what my five best bets are. But regardless, there are people who want just my five best bets. So I'll give that out after I recap my pick. So here we go. Rams plus two and a half, minus 110 against the Bills. Jets plus seven, minus 115 against the Ravens. Texans plus eight and a half, minus 110 against the Colts. Bengals minus six and a half, minus 110 against the Steelers. 49ers, minus six and a half, minus 110 against the Bears. Eagles, minus four, minus 110 against the Lions. Browns, plus 115 against the Panthers. Falcons, plus five and a half, minus 110 against the Saints. Patriots, Dolphins, under 46 and a half, minus 110. Jaguars, plus three, minus 110 against the Commanders. Giants, plus 205 against the Titans. Cardinals, plus four and a half, minus 110 against the Chiefs. Vikings, plus 110 against the Packers. Raiders, Chargers, over 52. Buccaneers, minus one and a half. And the Seahawks against the Broncos on Monday Night Football, plus six and a half. And my five best bets, Bengals, minus six and a half. Eagles, minus four. Browns, plus 120. Patriots, Dolphins, under 46 and a half, and Vikings, plus 105 against the Packers. Uh, So there you have it. This was the first episode of the 2022 edition of Road to 272 Bets. Quick announcement if you missed it in the season preview episode. I'll be the host of Daily Bet Slip Monday to Thursday this year. Be bringing on guests. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm also doing a show with Joe Osborne and Stephanie Smalls for Vegas Insider. I'll be on that show Monday, Thursday, Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And on Sundays at, I believe, 11 a.m., maybe 11.30, I'll be doing a show with fan-sided's uh, NFL insider Matt Verderam. Excited for that. So if you ever miss an episode of the podcast, 
you can get my picks right at the last second. I will give them all out on that show as well. Also, these bets are officially tracked in BetStamp, the bet tracking app. You can follow me on there, but you, my bets will not be will not get shown. Um, I think until kickoff or until the bets are settled. So if I just post my bets on there uh, for everyone to be able to see, maybe no reason for you to tune into the podcast. And I gotta pay the bills. So there you have it. This has been the first episode of the Road to 272 Bets 2022 edition. Let's get it started. Let's make some money. Let's stay in the black. And hey, let's have some fun. Please subscribe, rate, and review all the stuff that you're supposed to do with podcasts. Good luck with your picks this week, my friends. Enjoy it. The NFL is back. Gambler, bless. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.